Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You too could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice of the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner. I'm your host, Brandon Jones, and in the house, we got Nick Dahl and Danny K. Bartlett. Gentlemen, how y'all doing? Good. Good. Are you, 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 it's a birthday, Danny K. Bartlett. I think that should be clear. Oh, I was going to do that. You're, you're stepping birthday. on my intro. It's totally going to do a thing. Oh, I was going to oh, bring sorry. you in. You, you know, you're just stepping on my dick. It's fine. It's cool. It's cool, baby. Sorry. Well, it's it's hard it's not to step on your dick, Brandon. Let's be honest. Ah! We did that. <laughs> doesn't, that it doesn't make it hurt coming. any less. It doesn't make it hurt any less. That's the thing. It might be difficult not to do it, but it still hurts. I mean, so here's the deal. Here's what I was going to say before I was so rudely interrupted by the birthday boy. And I guess that's why I'll freak um, Super excited for the fact that Danny's here because it is his birthday. And because you live in Dubai, you could literally be anywhere in the world, but you're here with us. And I appreciate that. So I'm super excited you're here with us. Uh, it's also your sister's birthday. So friend of the show, Katie Overy, it's right. her birthday. Um, not twins. It's super weird. You're not Luke and Leia. But... Ask. <laughs> no, 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 not twins. No. Well, yeah, not twins. Yeah. So you tell me whether, tell me when I can stop. So I got to listen to the Grief Relief podcast where you were on it. And it was okay. fascinating. And yep. um, I got to learn so much about you and it was a lot of fun. So anybody who is listening to this um, and is just curious about learning more about the star of today, Danny Bartlett uh, and his sister, you get to listen to uh, this episode of the Grief Relief Podcast where they talk about it. And it's, it's so weird because for a second, I was like, why is Danny talking to Emma Stone? But it wasn't Emma Stone, right? It was your sister. <laughs> like, oh, man. oh man, stay corrected. I stand corrected. Um, but it was a fantastic episode. It was, it was great. Um, it was fun listening to you be so candid. So if anybody is out there, I, uh, Nick, I, I'll send it to you if you want to put it cool. in the description no, so folks can listen to it. Um, it was a good time. It's, it's a lot of fun. But it's enough about another podcast that we don't care about. Yeah. We're going to talk about our podcast. We're going to have a fun show. We're going to talk about Batman Long Halloween. All three of us are big Batman stands. And before that, We've got some news. So I was there any news in particular? You guys were you guys were oddly quiet about the news this week. Was there anything in particular that jumped out to you guys that you're like, I want to talk about this? Except for Nick. I know you want to talk about Harrison Ford. I feel like this should be like the breaking news. They're like, Harrison Ford has been, you know, breaking news. Harrison Ford has been injured on the set of Indiana Jones. Breaking himself. Breaking himself. Um, so Nick, if, if you want to, uh, you can you can do the breaking news for the broken man. Okay. <laughs> breaking Indiana Jones news from Europe. News wire. Yep. <laughs> Indiana Jones. I mean Harrison Ford. Uh, seventy-nine year old, seventy-eight year old, seventy-eight year old Harrison Ford. 
um, soon to be 79, hurt himself um, training to do a fight scene for Indiana Jones 5. And production will now have to work around that injury as they assess how bad it is. I think, believe it's a shoulder injury. This wouldn't be the first time this has happened. Most famously in Temple of Doom, um, he hurt his back so bad that he was out of commission for like weeks, if not months. And almost that entire kind of fight scene with the guy on like the, the track and stuff is all the stunt man with one or two shots of his face that were done much, much later. So he is much is older funny. now, but I didn't realize that it was his back that's injured. So that makes the voodoo doll scene even yeah. funnier, right? Where the kid's like yeah. stabbing him in the back. Um, that's a little bit of, like I feel I will feel bad now for laughing because he, you know, the scream that he lets out as he grabs for his back. Um, that's kind of like I don't know if you guys remember Toby Maguire in Spider-Man yeah same thing he's my back my back um after almost missing the movie because of his back in that case that's good that's good stuff um so he's gonna recover he's gonna make a full recovery i think so so. crashes airplanes walks away walks away (laughs) (laughs) um i think he got hurt on force awakens too i feel like this is just a thing right the door door closed on his ankle didn't it was yeah was it his ankle was the hydraulic door shut on his on his leg walking out yeah, the falcon that was like a yeah set failure not necessarily yeah. an age thing but yeah so you know I, I feel like it's a thing right we're just waiting it's almost like not the madden curse but it's a, a similar thing like harrison ford's on set like we're just waiting for him to get hurt like what's gonna happen so, <laughs> so uh, it, wasn't, I, it wasn't even on set it was in rehearsals he was yeah. he was practicing for a fight scene that he might get hurt in. <laughs> that's what happens when you get older right it just happens earlier and earlier Yes, no. that's absolutely true. I can personally attest to that, being as I'm older now today, Jonesy. Today, this day. <laughs> <laughs> but now, I just said, speak. Yeah, so so Nick, you you obviously have your finger on on Harrison Ford's pulse a little bit more than we do. What is um what is the um like uh stress that's going to put on shooting? Do they think it's going to be days, weeks, like? months or they're just going to work around it and shoot the scenes where he doesn't need to do any action kind of thing what do you think it's going to mean production for now they're working around it and continuing production um i think they were still uh looks trying to see how bad it was versus his age but uh, that's cool yeah hopefully i mean they had it happens to younger men too they had to literally stop uh production on the last bond because of uh dale craig's ankle for longer than they stopped production for Mission Impossible when Tom Cruise broke his ankle. Like, they like, kept like twisted it and they stopped for like months. Tom Cruise like broke his and he was out for like three weeks. Yeah, it's it depends crazy. who you are. Yeah. It depends on who you are. Some people, you know, Scientology just does the thing. Clap your hands. <laughs> you this, yeah, whatever. And, uh, and, and you heal up. It's all good. It's all good, baby. Ford has a higher power besides weed. But weed's pretty good at healing. It just makes you think you're healed. just makes you think you're healed. That's like, <laughs> the only medicine you need, Mr. Ford. I'm fine. I, I can't even feel this. Elephant. <laughs> you guys ready to move on? Yeah. All right. So moving on from Indiana Jones and Harrison Ford, let's talk about uh, Steven Spielberg. Let's 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 chain these things together. Uh, so Steven Spielberg apparently has partnered with uh, Netflix. So his Amblin uh, studio is partnering with Netflix and they're going to make some movies. And it, it's kind of interesting because I don't know if you guys remember this, uh, famously or not so famously, when Roma was going out for its Oscar, Steven Spielberg was out there saying he didn't want it to happen, supposedly, because now 
Amblin and his representatives are saying like, if he said that it was taken out of context or it was overblown, he didn't actually say what people said that he said, which I find kind of fascinating, but I'm jumping ahead of myself. Um, the deal that exists now between Amblin and Netflix, Steven Spielberg will, the company will make some movies for Universal. They will make some movies for Netflix. Um, and, you know, this has kind of already been happening a little bit. Netflix released the Amblin produced Aaron Sorkin directed Trial of Chicago 7, which I haven't watched. I'm a bad Chicagoan. I need to uh, go back and watch it. But even that film uh, garnered six Oscar nominations and kind of the big deal uh, with Roma at the time uh, back in 2019 was that Steven Spielberg was saying that anything that's in theaters for less than four weeks, uh, it could get an Emmy, but not an Oscar. And I'm pretty sure I mean, we talked about this on the podcast. And I think we talked about it as being like gatekeeping bullshit. Um, but that's enough for me. What do you guys think about this? I don't remember the uh, initial. I don't remember the the initial podcast that you guys would discuss this. So I'm, I'm probably going to end up answering that question by asking a couple of questions. Is that's okay? What did you guys think about the actual quotes that Spielberg has said? Is it possible that they were taken out of some sort of context? To, and at the time, or I'm thinking back to the previous podcast where you discussed it. Was where did you guys sit on that? Should we say that controversy at the time? Nick, you want to go first? Yeah, I was pissed off about it. I was like, what an asshole. Even though I love Spielberg, I was still like, this guy's, him and Scorsese kind of like turned sour at the same time, I felt. Because um, I think Scorsese was supporting it too, but this this is again my memory after a long time. I mean, he said the Marvel thing later, but I think he was kind of saying the same too, thing too, where it's like, yeah, I mean, you got to release it at the cinema. Because even when he did The Irishman, I was like, wait, wait, what the fuck? <laughs> He's making a movie for, Scorsese's making a movie for a streaming service? So I think it was... Well, the Spielberg definitely took the lead. I don't remember the exact quote, so maybe it was taken out of turn, but so, I thought he was an idiot for saying it. So here's what I will say about it. It sounds like walk back bullshit. Um, at the time, it was an Amblin representative who said this. It was an Amblin spokesperson. And they said, Stephen feels very strongly about the difference between streaming and theatrical situation. He'll be happy if others will join his campaign when that comes up. We'll see what happens. And so I feel like if a spokesperson talks out of turn, he's Steven Spielberg and he has enough agency where he can come in and say like, that's not what I said. That's not what I meant. That wasn't my intent. Mm. Um, yeah. And that didn't happen. And so now this just sounds like BS, uh, but that's fine. You know what, do what you want to do. I, but it doesn't make me feel any less cynical about that. Yeah, it's it seems it's the, the, even as you're talking, I'm listening. I'm thinking, but there's so many there's so many nuances potentially to what he deems as Oscar worthy films. Because let's face it, Jurassic Park won Oscars, but for special effects and sound editing or whatever it was, that it won, um, should we say, industry um, awards for his movies. Is he thinking? You think that only if it's the big categories like director, actor, actress, and that, that that make it count? Or is he now thinking that we're going to make movies for Netflix and they're going to be great fun, but they're not going to be Oscar-worthy, meaning he doesn't have much faith in them and it doesn't matter? So then do you think they're not going to be good quality films? That no, I, he did. I mean, I didn't hear him out there saying that Trial of Chicago 7 didn't deserve its six Oscar nominations, right? Yeah. yeah. So yeah. I, I think that the proof is in the pudding. I, I, I think, just think, yeah, it, it seems strange. So, sorry, go ahead, Nick. 
Uh, just like I remember when I was younger, like quite a bit younger, you know, iPod video first came out, like the very first one. Um, I guess we were all younger, but I was like half my age. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but uh, um, Spielberg had some quote where he's like, I make my movies for the big screen. I don't make them to be viewed on a television set. I don't make them to be viewed on an iPod. Like he was like, I make it for the big screen. I don't care if it looks good for the video release, basically. Right. Um, so just that, I think, is what ties into his, like, I want these movies that we paid for and stuff and could win Oscars just being seen on a television set. So yeah. that's how I kind of extrapolate that. But um, I think he's changed because the industry's changed. Like, uh, this is, because of uh, COVID, there's lots of studios that are making movies and the, it's not like... It's not like they're forcing them onto home video in future years. Like Disney, Paramount, a bunch of people are announcing movies that sound like theater level movies, but they're like, and it's made for Paramount Plus, right. or it's made for because they know the pandemic, they know the home audience is still there. So like, yeah, like several of the Disney movies that you'd be like, oh, that would have been a live action remake at theaters. They're like, oh, and it's for Disney Plus, and it always will. Like it's from the start, we intend it. I think Paramount's sure. announced some movie where they're like, it's for Paramount Plus. We're not doing... So it's almost the new home video market that Netflix has been doing forever, but now the big studios are getting in on it. Right. Yeah. yeah. I'm, um, yeah I'm, I, I'm not really sure what to make of it because I love, as we all do, as you both do, that we love the big screen experience, right? We love all that stuff. I'm not quite sure why he feels that any effort that's gone into making a movie, whether it's from the director to the actors, to the people behind the scenes, et cetera, deserve any less praise or, 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 or pats on the back just because they were making a film, a film still, making a film that was ideally going to go first onto a, a smaller screen. I don't, I don't quite know why he thinks or potentially thinks that that means that the quality is going to be there. So I, I'm like you, Nick, I'm a little bit pissed off about that because there's a lot of hardworking people putting a lot of effort into making the best project they can. No one intends ever to make a shit film, right? We, we might say it for shit, but they don't go in with that intention. So to make it sound like he doesn't value that is a, is, is a bit shitty. Um, so yeah. I'll wait and see what he says, I guess. What and that's kind of why I said, like I, I said, that it sounds like gatekeeping, right? So you're, yeah. you're one of the pioneers. You're one of the, the big people of this era. And that's your form of gatekeeping where, no, it has to be in the medium in which I came up in for it to be a value so yeah which i mean it it does tie back into scorsese same idea with scorsese which pisses me off more but it's the same situation it's like half these people are in the industry because they loved your films and now you're being like that's not cinema that's a roller coaster ride and it's like shut the fuck up <laughs> it's like just yeah. shut shut the fuck up <laughs> <laughs> tell us how you really feel nick what would you want him to do what exactly do you want scorsese to do <laughs> i don't know I, yeah that was that's one of my favorite curb moments is when Larry Data, David actually loses it and begins to shout, shut the fuck up! <laughs> seems more sincere than anything else because he's not a good actor, but it's funny. <laughs> that's why I always say <laughs> that cadence, the two. Um, you guys ready to move on? Yeah. Yes, sir. Yeah. Home. Hell yeah. All right. So speaking of Scorsese's roller coaster rides, we've got uh, a little bit of comic book news this week. Um Let's start with the, the relatively easy one. So I think this is relatively easy. Apparently there was some sort of controversy in the Suicide Squad trailer that uh, highlighted Idris Elba's blood sport. And the controversy, supposedly, I don't know, this, this is what the internet is telling me that there was controversy. If it happens on the internet, it must be true. It must be true. 
Uh, apparently, people either disbelieved or were upset at the fact that um, Bloodsport, the reason that he was in jail was that he put Superman in the hospital with a kryptonite bullet. I see you. No, I see you specifically. I and see you. Supposedly, there were some people out there who were like, ah, this is trash. And so oh, my you know, God. he came oh, with the receipts. He's like, here's the page where this oh, happened. Did he? So nice. James Gunn tweeted it. Um, I wish in the stories that I saw there were there was more proof of the outrage. I just think that it's interesting that you know more and more these fans. I'm sorry, uh, the creators of the the people who make these films have to have like no, this is my inspiration for the thing uh, because supposedly there is some sort of controversy out there. So my word, when you said when you said there was controversy to it, I'm going. I watched the trailer. What did I miss? What 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 kind of what did I miss? Was someone using the wrong pronouns? Did someone racially or homophobic <laughs> abuse somewhere? Was there was there something that was really out of order? Was there something about vaccines and pandemics and something that I missed? And it's about that scene where someone allegedly shot him with a kryptonite bullet. That was it. That was the thing. Um, what I do find interesting about the story, though, is James Gunn when talking about it was he said that Bloodsport is in prison for putting Superman in the ICU with a kryptonite bullet. Yes, the Suicide Squad is part of the DCU, but I don't know which Superman it was because I don't cast the next Superman. So it could be Henry Cavill. It could be somebody else. It's whoever yeah. people decide on other than me. And Because they've gone for the multiverse thing, haven't they? So it could be any could be any of the super peoples could be one that could be the bad yeah. superman the bad naughty one the one that likes to wear black and and maybe blood sport was doing us all a favor and put him in the icu clearly should have gone to the fucking head should have gone for the head did he learn Go nothing the from thought over the head why did you put yeah. i assumed it was the head would he they not say that i just assumed he got shot in the head with a kryptonite bullet so in the comic book version he shot him in the it was in the arm and it was blood sport in the comic too yes oh okay sure but it's a thing that I've seen multiple times that the last, the one that vividly popped in my mind was uh, Dean Cain's Superman and Lois, um, or Lois and Clark, The Adventures of Superman. I remember him getting shot with a kryptonite bullet. So he's even gotten shivved with a kryptonite knife uh, in the Superman Returns by Brian Singer. Like I, I'm, I'm actually, as I talk about the story, I'm more annoyed at myself because I was, I wanted more <laughs> understanding of what people thought about the issue. Like, who are these people who are upset? And the article doesn't yeah. really talk about that. It just talks about what James Gunn's response was. So. Yeah, because I, when, when I heard it was upsetting people, I went on, you know, it was trending. So I clicked it on Twitter and it was just a bunch of people defending it. I didn't see any of the complaints about it. It was a bunch of people being like, of course, that's happened in the comics before. And I was like, okay, yeah, but where got, are all the complaints? Where's the controversy? We've got but, the multiverse right. stuff. We know that's all going to go down and, and happen. So does it, oh my word, honestly. The second part's got to be the controversial part, right? Which, which Superman it is? Yeah. No, that's because that, I don't think so. But. Uh, people will be like, ah, Snyderverse, restore the Snyderverse. I had to stop <laughs> following. I had to block DC as a subject because of how much Snyderverse shit I was seeing, especially like people hating the Suicide Squad trailer because they're like, he says it's in the Snyderverse, but like, blah, blah, blah. And it's DCEU. And I was just like, I don't know. And it sucks because I follow a lot of DC writers and stuff and I won't see any mention of Batman or any of that because I had to block DC as a topic because you can now block topics. 
<laughs> couldn't take it. There's too many. Like every other person's a Snyder commenter. I mean, the Snyder. So do you not want to? Do you not want to restore the Snyderverse thing, Nick? No, no, I no. wouldn't. No, but here's here's the problem with them. They don't even know their information. They're like Warner Brothers robbed us of a Batman movie by Ben Affleck, and it's like no. They oh, I didn't. saw that bit. That Ben Affleck almost died because he fell off the wagon. His friend told him if he doesn't quit the movie, he's going to die, which is why he quit directing and writing first. And then he quit acting. And then he went into rehab. He chose to quit. Yeah, he did chose to come back for the Batman and for reshoots. I mean, for Flash and reshoots. But he doesn't want to direct the movie. And everyone's like, WB screwed us out of a Ben Affleck Batman movie. And it's like, he doesn't want to do that. Mm. It's just they're, now, they don't know what they're now, talking now insert, about. <laughs> now insert Kathleen Kennedy's name in there somewhere and see if you get the same kind of reaction about it. Yeah. She yeah. fucked my universe. No, no, Abrams did. No, no, the other guy did. I'm still an Abrams guy. guy. We're trying to have that argument. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck that guy. <laughs> it's a legal term. Joint and several liability. All those motherfuckers are guilty. <laughs> <laughs> You guys ready to move on to the next bit of DC news? Yeah. Is it it Batman and Catwoman? Batman and Supergirl? We're doing that first. Oh, you want to to do the Catwoman? Sorry? Rephrase that. What? (laughs) I'm not saying it. No, I'm leaving it right there. I'm I'm leaving it right there. You're going to pick it up. Well, it depends who... Depends if I have to go. Depends if I have to go through the bat first. <laughs> um, so let's let's do the the more the more serious serious I guess serious bit of news. Yeah. Uh, the so we have seen set photos of Michael Keaton and Supergirl and Cal, what's Callie Callie um, her name relatively new Callie uh, nobody's helping me. Oh, the actress. I'm trying to find it as you're speaking. I'm trying to find it, buddy. Um, I cannot think of her name, but Sasha, Sasha Callie. And so we've got set photos of Michael Keaton, uh, presumably as Bruce Wayne and Sasha Callie. And we get to see the, we got a teaser for her Supergirl outfit, I think either this week or last week. Mm -hmm. And the cool thing about seeing it in real life is that it looks a lot like the nineties version of Superboy's outfit, which I kind of liked from like the death of Superman era. Um, it's just missing a leather coat. Still cool. It's funny. Uh, it's uh, it's hmm. actually, um, actually, there's a funny exchange. It's a, uh, it's the, it's closest to the injustice costume as far as Supergirl's looks, including mm-hmm. her hair is exactly the same. And that's actually not his cousin. If they're using that version, that's his, his Clark Kent's daughter. They're doing the whole multiversing. It could be. I don't know why she'd be Hispanic if she was Lois Lane and Clark Kent's daughter. But I guess multiverse doesn't matter. Um, I mean, she might not be Hispanic. You never know. Mm, that's true but or lois lane could be hispanic yeah i guess that's a multiverse if it's not actually our amy adams and henry cavill then it could be anyone um but yeah then someone online was like they were talking about the costume and they're like have you even read injustice and they said that to the person who drew injustice when they were talking about the costume because like, he, was, he was having a conversation with someone the guy who drew the comic and was like no it does look a lot like it. and so the guy's like have you even read injustice and he's like fool i drew <laughs> this design of supergirl so i'm gonna go i'm gonna stick to what i said i still think it's more like the superboy outfit oh it is look at... like that too i just people yeah. were comparing her to other supergirl costumes i think i don't think it looks very much like injustice at all but that's just me mm-hmm. 
I don't even know what she uh, looks like in Injustice. Uh, I could send it to you, but it would be bad podcasty. There's so. something weird about her costume, though. It the abs. It, what? The abs. Yeah, the abs are like. She looks like she's got a xenomorph in there. Yeah. Yeah. Know what that's so, about, but I don't know. Maybe it's a xenomorph. She her chest explodes open in the first scene she's in. That'd be bad. WB's like fuck bad. all supermen and superwomen. And super Wouldn't be surprising. Um, but the other thing we get is we get a shot of Ezra Miller and Chrissy Clemens in regular street clothes. Uh, surprisingly, Ezra Miller is not choking Chrissy Clemens as he is, you know, known to do. So you know, good on him for not strangling a woman. Um, you never saw that. No. So there's a video from last year of him. He gets into a quote-unquote fight um, and he strangles her. So there was a woman that said that her friend jokingly challenged him to a fight, but he got serious about it, turned around and put his hands on her neck. Oh, yeah, I didn't hear about that one. Yes. Have you, have, you got, have you guys got the picture in front of you of that, that, that scene where he's on the steps of the courthouse? Yeah. It, it, it could be describing to the reporters and then I put my hands like this and I squeezed gently about like this and then Wayne Brady had to choke a bitch I mean that's what happened <laughs> just telling you this, this is what happened um, so yeah unfortunately you know I, I think you're right Danny that, that is a very uh, an explanation of what was happening during that scene um, but yeah, I, I'm looking. I'm still looking forward to this movie. I'm still not a fan of Ezra Miller as the Flash, but everything around it is kind of what's keeping me interested. So, Keaton. what'd yep. you guys think about this? It was cool seeing Keaton with the Batman haircut, which isn't that he's much different than normal haircut when he's losing hair, but it definitely looks different than what he's been sporting as like the Vulture and Birdman. Yeah. So, and I can't wait to just see him slip into goofy Bruce Wayne. I think it'll work so well as him being older. Like, you I think he will? He's still like that's Bruce Wayne is still the persona. So I still feel when he's Bruce Wayne, he has to act a little goofy. But when he's Batman, well, obviously, or when he's like not in the public eye, I don't know if he'll see the bat suit. But let's say he takes Barry into the bat cave, then he doesn't have to act goofy anymore. So I think of like Batman Beyond or other iterations, or even, um, oh God, what's wrong with my head? The um, comic book series that takes place in the future, the one where he's got the mech suit uh the exoskeleton no no the exoskeleton um and even in that even in the dark knight returns his older version of bruce wayne is more in line with batman than it is any kind of like goofy version of bruce wayne so uh, you know I, i think it's a result of having fought crime for however many decades he is in whatever iteration of that comic book um that you're reading so he doesn't seem to slip at least in the things that i've seen he doesn't go back to goofy bruce wayne he's just he just is batman all the time even when he's not wearing a suit so here's a question about that shot in particular it looks like one scene doesn't it so we already have i'm sorry i'm nodding yes yeah yeah um do you think supergirl comes from his dimension Maybe Possibly. or do you think they've already because it doesn't look like Bruce Wayne's out of his element. There's like a crowd around him or something. It would be surprising to me if this is in DCEU continuity and then Supergirl just exists. Uh, but also, well, it I, mean, I think there's right? like some is, is Warner Brothers stuff yeah. going on. So I think in the end, Bruce, this Bruce Wayne will end up in whatever universe Affleck and Flash came from. Maybe Super, probably Supergirl too. But I'm wondering if there's if Supergirl's been traveling with him or yeah. 
it's just it's all speculation. And what's the know. flash ring? A lot of fans are like, he's wearing the flash ring. So it's where his suit comes from. It's where what comes from? His suit. So there is a there's a oh, ring that like, he wears and then he like sticks it out and it it pops out of the ring probably and then like he runs through it and is wearing it. So it's like his version of the Stark um, tech on his chest. Well, I was gonna say either that or uh, like a phone booth. So that's oh. how he changes. Like he, he pops out the ring and like everybody loves it. Like it, people. I was discussing that with my dad recently. Why the phone booth, even in the, that time period, doesn't make any fucking sense because it's clear and he should just fly up to a rooftop and change or get into an alleyway and change. <laughs> I'm looking at this picture. I don't see the flash ring. But anyway, people say they see it. I don't know. People it makes sense it. when we see an error where Tony Stark can touch his chest and nanotech tick can form over his entire body the ring plays i think today yeah i think so i i think even as a form of fan service right like i don't need my stuff to be ultra realistic i don't really care that there's no way in hell any suit that he could possibly wear would fit into this thing or you would have yeah. to answer the question how does it get back into the ring like i don't care i, yeah. I just don't yeah. care yeah. nanotech from bruce you don't even have to say that but don't have to say that I don't even care. It's like the invisible <laughs> chat to give it to us just for a little bit. <laughs> yeah. It would be interesting to me if, so Nick, going off your multiverse theory, here's my theory. I think that this is a Flash and a Iris West and a Supergirl from Bruce Wayne's universe. And so that's why he goes to seek out uh, the main continuity DCEU Barry Allen. That's okay. going to be my prediction. Cool. That's it. I'll believe you. It's getting yes. exciting. Just I got one. That's the... one. I'll believe you. Yeah. In Jonesy, we trust. Yes. Jonesy said it first here, folks. Said it here first. Guess ready to move on? Yeah, the more Batman, right? <laughs> to more Batman. So I, I was hesitant to even do this because it's whatever. Did so we Zach Snyder. Last week? Yeah, we talked about the overall story last week. We talked week. about the Damn, overall story. Now we have the Snyder. Then we have yeah, Snyder's response. And so Zach Snyder released a response to the story that we talked about last week where. Warner Brothers inexplicably thinks that Batman that's would not, not have do. oral sex with Catwoman because, yeah, Nick, that's not what heroes do. <laughs> um, and so <laughs> Zack Snyder released a drawing of Batman going down on Catwoman and said, this is canon. Um, what I haven't been able to find is whether or not this is an actual image from a comic book. It's not. It's not. So he commissioned someone to do this. Here, here's the best response I saw to it. So I woke up that day... I was following, you know, just under a funny tweet, someone random came up. She showed two panels. One was her asking him on DMs, how long has this been on your phone? And the second was a picture saying she was blocked. By oh, yeah, I did see that. Because <laughs> <laughs> it is a pretty perverse picture. I mean, to be drawn. I don't know. It's. I thought it was a little much to show a picture of it online, even if it's hand drawn. But someone did add Dane DeVito's penguin behind it eating out batman's ass so <laughs> i appreciated that one they drew day to beat us penguin behind batman Jesus it's the same thing oh, oh, oh. keeps going oh and i and that wasn't all that that nothing filming it <laughs> two stories in a row I, or not in a row two stories say i immediately regret <laughs> um so danny oh, yeah. i do want to ask you about the initial controversy uh, not necessarily Zack Snyder's response. And I think that's why I included this because yeah. you weren't able to join us last week. What do you think about Warner Brothers' um, con conservative attitude towards what heroes do and don't do? I, I 
don't think is the right stance for them to take. I'm not saying that it should be something that should be filmed or drawn and then put out there on the public domain. But if it's something that um, is that a writer feels is a possible uh, part of a story that makes sense of the story and it's not just gratuitously, gratuitously flown in for no reason, I don't see why they should to worry about it because based on all the stuff that they do allow writers to get away with, with the violence, the 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 abuse, the bloodletting, the, you know, there's certain things that I think is sometimes in different parts of society where we seem one thing is deemed okay and another thing is deemed wrong. And I think that ultimately without getting too crass about it, you know, two people, two consenting adults having some sort of sex is not really a big issue, but someone abusing someone or torturing them and chopping limbs off and all that kind of stuff. I think that has more of a, a, a questionable kind of morality to it. So I, I think it's, I understand why they might not want to see that in the mainstream where kids might want to see that. But at the same time, you're okay with kids seeing Batman or people in a Batman show or comic having limbs chopped off and violence and torture and stuff like that. You're okay with that, but you're not okay with this. So I sit on the fence personally that it's okay. I don't have a problem with it at all. I don't necessarily want to see it, but I'm okay with it, if that makes any sense. It does make sense. Um, So yeah. Yeah, I don't. I don't think that they went the right path there because they've let Harley Quinn show get away with. Well, should we say let well, get away with murder? Right? Yeah. So why not? If, if it's yeah. in a show that's specifically for adults, why not? Nick, you're about to say something. Uh, I was going to ask if this is a, at least from the way we're viewing it. I didn't think of this about this in the argument before. Uh, the way American TV and standards are different than Europe, where like. Uh, there, you can show way more violence on TV in America, but in Europe you can do way more like sex jokes. And yeah. so it's, it's kind of flipped the way I've understood it. And even when I watch my shows from the UK, my stories, um, like, you know, we got like CSI and all this stuff that's just as bad as an R-rated film, but you yeah. can't even say like, fuck. And you're watching like a primetime British program and they're like saying fuck and making sex jokes. And yeah. because yeah. wonder, because maybe if, Warner Brothers was based in the UK. The people who were making these decisions, they'd be like, no, less violence, more sex for Batman. Maybe it was a UK executive who decided that uh, Batman should have sex with Batgirl in uh, the killing joke. Killing joke, yeah. (laughs) Maybe that's why they're backing off all sex for Batman. They're like, that was a terrible decision. He slept with his daughter's best friend. (laughs) I mean, his best friend's daughter, who's like at least 10 years younger than him, if not more. Yeah, definitely more. Definitely more. Well, you could spin it in the killing joke. She's not as, I don't know. It's an, it's an interesting, it's a debate that kind of goes outside a little bit. I think of the, 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 the geekdom that, that we're in, certainly with this podcast and stuff, because I think there's other morality kind of things and questions. Like you've just said, the violence, yes, the sex stuff, no. Europe, it's a, a little bit different the other way around. And then where I, obviously I come from Europe, I'm English, I've lived there for many years, but I've also lived in this part of the world in the Middle East for many years. And you can't even on a screen, you can't even see someone kissing. Right. That's a big no-no. But the very next scene, like, I mean, we, we're going to have a suicide squad here soon. You are going to have dismemberment and violence and blood and guns and beheadings and things like that. It's absolutely fine for, should we say, kids to watch, apparently. But you can't see someone kissing. Now, I'm just talking about kissing. I know we've, the actual subject matter is a little bit more down the road than that. But we're talking about two grown-ass adults actually just sharing a kiss. Can't be seen on the big screen here. Now, we get it because we have Netflix and all that, so it's not hidden completely. But main screen, or sorry, big screen stuff, it's edited and cut out. And for me, I'm sitting there going, really? 
you're okay with a kid seeing someone's head chopped off, but you don't want to see him kissing someone. We're not talking about full-blown sex. We're just then kissing. So for me, it's really fucking weird in that sense. So we have the other extreme to even both the, the, the ones that you were talking about there, Nick. Interesting, so because, uh, I mean, I know it's a pretty conservative part of the world in that era, in the sex, like sure. sexually and stuff, yeah. but I'm surprised yeah. even a heterosexual kiss isn't allowed. I'm not surprised that they cut, like, you know, a gay kiss. Homosexual, kiss. yeah, no, for sure. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, a heterosexual straight kiss, whatever, it's it's just it's just really randomly edited. And I have to say, it's not very well edited either. So we just sometimes just tell. Think. <laughs> Yeah. I'm sitting there. I'm, I'm, si- I'm sitting there with people, and I go, "What the fuck did they just cut?" And then someone will go, "Did they cut something?" I'm like, "You didn't see that? They suddenly just appeared in another part of the room. You didn't notice that." <laughs> they were getting a few well, inches too about, close. They're just about to fall into bed, and then suddenly they're in the car driving to work or something. Like that, that kind of bit. No, okay. So yes, I think there's a deeper conversation to be had. But me personally, Jonesy, I don't see a problem with it. I think it's keep it to the Harley Quinn show. Why the fuck not? Yeah. I agree. I also think the explanation is just weird. Heroes don't do that. Like, that's the weird part to me. I I feel like there's another way to phrase that. It just seems super strange. We shouldn't have a child's character. That's how you say something like that. Batman was originally meant for children. Like, we he grew up with us. Yeah, that's the part. He's the world's greatest detective. He's trying to find the G spot. And all I can see is Well, I was gonna say I'm I'm thinking of the 60s cartoon. Tune in next week. Same bat same bad time. Find out. Will he find it'll be after nine o'clock? It's all right. It's ten o'clock for me here, so it's after the watershed. (laughs) I think that's our cue to move on. I think so. So this is it's it's weird and it's kind of frustrating for me to actually be excited for this movie. Um, so Transformers. We got a title for the seventh film in the live action version of this franchise, and it's Transformers Rise of the Beast. We actually got a synopsis for it as well. Returning to the action spectacle that first captured moviegoers around the world 14 years ago with the original so like Transformers. We're going back to the main universe? Is that no, 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 no. Oh. Let, let me, goddamn, Nick, let me read the synopsis. All right. The original Transformers, Transformers Rise of the Beast, will take audiences on a 90s globe-trotting adventure and introduce the Maximals, Predacons, and Terracons to the existing battle on Earth between Autobots and Decepticons. And so to me, when you say 90s, that invokes um, Bumblebee just as well. Like, it feels like a continuation from that soft reboot was that um, 80s movie I didn't just yeah yeah so i do want to yeah. see you haven't seen it you should watch it no oh, i, I good, transformers good. movies but that one looks pretty good I it's actually pretty decent yeah um Haley Haley steinfeld or yeah steinfeld good it was a good movie um Our future uh hawkeye yeah and the other thing that gets me excited about this is that it's directed by stephen cable jr who directed uh creed 2 so i feel like between um, the director and the cast, uh, who I didn't even mention. So we've got um, uh, Anthony Ramos and Dominique Fishback, who are in In the Heights and uh, Judas and the Black Messiah, respectively, as Noah and Eleanor, or I'm sorry, Noah and Elena. So between all of those things, I'm actually really excited for this movie. Um, and it's very annoying. Like, I hate it. <laughs> <laughs> you back in. I hate that. I want to see this movie. Bad, you're like, but the other one, next one. 
I think it's the fact that Bumblebee was a good movie, like a solid seven, uh, at least. And this one has all of the parts to be better between the cast and the director um, and even bringing in Beast Wars because I was a big fan of Beast Wars back in the day. Uh, So we've only got over a year to wait from the day of this recording to find out whether that's going to be any good. So, And I read that uh, they said, who is the actor who plays Optimus? Peter Cullen. Yeah. Damn, I did have his name right in my head, but I didn't want to say it. Um, It's all right. You're among friends. You can be wrong, Nick, mostly. About all the cruel audience members. uh, Yeah, they also said... um, they'll let him play Optimus as long as he was that's a cool, cool quote because he is one of the things that people still love I mean they're like the yeah, 80s cartoon I can always forgive this movie one star because of the 80s cartoon <laughs> it's true so I'm excited for this uh, I'm curious uh, Danny or Nick you guys have any feelings about this at all I'm uh, after listening to you go through the synopsis there I remember reading it quickly but you've given a little bit more backstory about the um, the credentials of the people involved I'm not excited by it, but your second word you used there was curious. I am more curious now, but I'm certainly not excited by it. I just, uh, another one. However, the fact that Michael Bay doesn't seem to be involved in it, it made me a little bit happier. Um, So yes, I am uh, mildly curious now, whereas before I would say I couldn't give a fuck. So this is an improvement. This is good. This is an improvement. It's good. Transformers movies are like fascinating. I really no, they're not. Shut I, I hate you. God, I hate you so much. I'll see you for the podcast. I wouldn't see them. And okay. two hops, two shah. I can't wait. I much prefer that to fucking Fast and Furious. Sorry, Jones. You put them up. Pugilist at dawn. I hate both of you. I hate both of you so Why? much. I wish Shamu was here. I wish he was Why? Here. It's my birthday. I'm allowed to say shit like that. <laughs> Because he's the only other person that appreciates this franchise as much as I do. Not Transformers, uh, Fast and Furious. On on the podcast, people love podcast. fucking Fast and Furious. Oh yeah, oh yeah. And not just like I don't know. You think of like I think of, I used to think you know like the triple X audience, like a bunch of teens who are saying radical. But yeah, now it's like all people, film fans, like film snobs, love the Fast and Furious movies because they're fun. Not not me though. <laughs> I did like Fast. No, I'm, with you, Nick, this one. I'm with you. I'm with you on this one, and it's the guy with no hair that ruins it for me. I am shocked that this last movie, I've seen a couple of ratings. I could not wait. I watched a couple of uh, reviews. Eight out of ten. Shocked. Shocked. (laughs) The best reaction I wish the podcast audience could see. (laughs) Oh, no. Yeah. Well, hey, look, it shows how interested we are about Transformers because we've gone into Fast and Furious. That's... (laughs) So it was it was Nick's fault because I feel like the majority of the Transformers movies are not good. And if you tell me that the Fast and Furious is anything like that, then I just I got it. Well, can we can we stick into Transformers? Can we talk about the title Rise of the Beasts? Sure. Fucking dull and and I'm even looking at the the actual um, what you call it the logo for it. Was it done by the same people that just did the Warner Brothers thing that we talked about a couple of weeks ago? (laughs) I think Warner Brothers wish they had these people do it. (laughs) It's got a bit of colour in it. Yeah, it's got Uh, colour in it. You know, they use the uh, Autobot logo as the uh, O informers, you know. Yeah. Yeah. No. And it actually, so here's the thing. It actually makes sense because 
looking at the color scheme that they chose. So you've got the chrome on top for um, the word, the lettering. So those are yes. obviously the robots and underneath you've got the red lettering. These, the Decepticons or the Predacons and the, uh, the Beasts, they came from the prehistoric era. And so in my mind, part of that is um, volcanoes and things like lava and fire. So from a awesome. thematic perspective, I look at this, I'm like, yeah, that, that's it. That's the thing. That makes sense. The Warner Brothers thing you brought up, I don't know what the fuck they were thinking. Like, I can't. But maybe I just don't know enough WB history. That's probably what it is. Yeah. Do your research, Jonesy. Fuck's sake. Uh, God damn it. God damn it. Take my hosting <laughs> credentials. Put, uh, <laughs> here. I, I, all right. I'll, I'll defer to you for that one. I am still just mildly curious, but, you know, that's just me. It's a weekend. Yeah. So, yeah. One year, one year we'll find out if it's any good. And I think we've got probably what, six months, if that, till we get a trailer for this. So I imagine we'll probably get one in January, if not before. Cool. Yeah. I'll certainly wait to see that and then make a better decision. We've got more to go on then, right? When a trailer pops. Yeah. Um, and so I wasn't actually going to do this as a story, but speaking of trailers, that Snake Eyes trailer, and you're like, God damn, that thing looks amazing. Um, I couldn't tell if you were positive or negative when you said when you wrote fuck above it. Oh, I knew John was like, man, I watched no, it today. I'm like, probably positive. Yeah. <laughs> I, I was skeptical of this. And the more I see, I'm like, man, I'm so into this now. I can't wait. I'm not going to watch another trailer. I'm just going to go into this and just be so excited. Yeah. It's so good. It looks so good. It comes out anyway, so soon. It, it does. will be the last real trailer, except for like TV spot clips. Which I don't have, which is great. Yeah. So yeah, anyway, that's it. Um Yeah, I'm with you, got, on that one. I'm with you. Yeah. I, th- I think the part where he had the helmet on and he it did like the the the, the visor. Yeah, the vibe. It's like ha, yep, I'm there. <laughs> yeah. Who's the other guy, his friend in the trailer? Who's he in the G.I. Joe universe? Storm Shadow, I think. I think he's Storm Shadow. Okay, because like with this he looks evil from the scar to just even his eyes. So I'm like, is this like, is he being recruited by Cobra or G.I. Joe? Thank, thanks, Disney, for making us think the deformed people are evil. <laughs> well, it's obviously a scar they gave the character and the actor didn't have. And then he like has a dark, he, he doesn't look happy in most of the shots. They should have given him a British accent as well to really down make him a villain, right? Give him a scar and make him speak in a very strong British accent. Clearly a villain now. Yep. He's probably got a big black shiny yacht parked just off the coast of Croatia. <laughs> yes. Yes. Just off King's Landing. <laughs> not landing. <laughs> You're getting your franchises mixed up, Jones. It's not King's oh, Landing. I'm sorry. I'm thinking of Dynasty. Dynasty with the aliens. My bad. I'll screw it up. Um, but yeah, I- I'm super excited for this now. And it's so weird. It's so weird. Again, so between Transformers and G.I. Joe, you have franchises where the last, excluding Bumblebee, haven't been the best. And but yeah. their newest thing, I'm just like, yeah, I'm all into it. I'm shocked, shocked. But anyway, um, we've got the third episode of Loki that came on today. Um, Nick, do you want to do Licky Licky? Uh, do you want to lead us in Licky Licky? To, what is it, how's it go? Comes Loki, Licky Licky. Here comes Loki. Okay, I, I, it's not in my head. I didn't come up with it, so it's not in my head. Jammer did. Jammer insisted on read other ideas, and he was like, "No, we're no. doing Licky Licky. Here comes Loki." fine fine did you guys all watch it i, I did let's go yep. let's hear do the okay. thing uh 
It's actually my least favorite episode of all the Marvel Plus shows. It is a nothing sandwich. That's what I was gonna say. It. I got a little offended when uh, back when uh, Danny called uh, Winter Soldier filler, and he didn't yeah, there was an episode there. There's two types yeah. of filler episodes. So the fifth episode was, you know, the episode there wasn't any action except for the beginning. Uh, I'm talking about Falcon the Winter Soldier, but uh, at least we learned so much about Sam and Isaiah. Bre- uh, yeah. I mispronounced his name at first. Isaiah Bradley, you know, why he became Captain America. This was, uh, every episode on Loki's been dialogue heavy, but this is, this feels like an entirely filler episode where you learn barely anything. Like, I really want them to have a conversation where I learn more about her version of Asgard. Like, does she have a brother named Thor? A sister named Thor? Like... She was super guarded. Yeah. Yeah. But I just, yeah, when maybe, and they probably want to keep her secretive, but I just, it felt like a really, really, it's still fun. I haven't disliked a single episode, but I, like I said, I think it's weaker than any episode I've seen in WandaVision or uh, Falcon and the Winter No, I, I think that the, so I'm still on the driving back from the circus episode of WandaVision is by far the weakest episode of any MCU show we've seen, but this is the yeah. next weakest to me. This is probably, this is a bad Doctor Who episode and yes um, yeah short of some really bad um uh creature special effects and, and costumes that's exactly what it felt like yeah so they swapped the creature effects and costumes for hand combat and even the hand, hand combat in this was not particularly good that's why i wanted to ask danny i felt this way about last week's episode too the fight scenes are pretty lackluster but we always yeah ask yeah i, I don't always I, refer to danny yeah, I don't like the, uh, the they're lackluster, not just in in how they're, they're, they're very run of the mill, the actual fighting, but I don't like the way it's shot. It's, it's yeah. shot in a way that you can't, you, the and geography can't, goes all skewed. Yeah, ge- the way it's shot and then edited together, it's too choppy. And I think that might have been done because maybe the actual fights themselves are not good enough. The choreographer and stuff does not make them uh, ent- entertaining enough, not mm-hmm. visceral enough. So they've had to make it that that jarring cutting and that dodgy camera work angle to try and add some, I don't know, some excitement to it. And I, I don't actually necessarily like that very much. Um, but for a show like this, just to digress a little bit, I'm actually more enjoying the dialogue and stuff, like you said before, that it's heavy. So the fight scene's like, yeah, let's just get this out of the way. Okay, do the fighting stuff. Let's get back to that really great dynamic between this guy and that guy and then this new girl and that character because I'm really enjoying that. Um, that so, yeah, they're not good fight scenes, but I just I just kind of wish they'd get over and, get over and done with yeah, quickly. This one, there was a lot of forced fight scenes as well. Unnecessary I'm ones. Talking the Winter Soldier where it's action heavy, but... I think that's sure. part of the problem with this episode is she, at least so far she's not nearly as interesting as Mobius. So seeing those two talk for two episodes is far more entertaining. Yeah, she was more yeah. interesting when we didn't know anything about her. Yeah. Now we now she's like gone all soft and bit of friendly and, and likable and nice. So I'm like, but now I'm I'm bored of you already and let's go back to Mobius and now go back to to the to head office, so to speak, and carry on with that stuff, which maybe that's what they want us to do. Sure. But I think to Nick's point, they could have balanced that better. So if we don't get Mobius, we could have balanced some of that talkies with learning more about her. And yeah, I, right. I think for me, that would have been the thing that, that made it more interesting. We did learn something in this episode that, that I think is interesting that, that will obviously pay dividends is the fact that all these people are variants. Um, so in the beginning of the episode, we go back to the end of last week's episode and the, mm-hmm. the rocks, what is it? It's... It's the name of the generic Rocks company. Rocks Corp. Rocks Corp. Yeah, Rocks Cart. Thank you. Um, 
so we're in there and she uses her enchantment abilities to go into this agent's head and we find out later on in this episode that you know she's actually a variant all these people are variants and they just don't know that so that's obviously something that's going to pay dividends in the future and it also hints to at least to me the possibility that this loki could just continue to exist um, as an agent for the TVA and they could just park Tom Hiddleston over there. They want to bring him back. But all um, the other agents are like brainwashed. Like- yeah, that might have to happen. That might be what has to happen for him to stay. Um, I'm curious what you guys think about this. I, I think this part is interesting. I, th- I can't tell if I think they're doing a good job of, this is a Loki who hasn't had any of the real catharsis that prime Loki has had but he still seems to behave in the same way at the end. And it feels like they've, they jump to that part a little bit too soon. And, and maybe it's just an effect of seeing your own death that has caused that, um, that reaction. But I was curious what you all thought about that. Yeah. I thought the first episode did a good job, but, and I actually, I don't know. I'm an idiot. I trusted him after that. <laughs> after that yeah. He's actually helping them in the Renaissance fair. I was like, no, of course he wasn't. Of course he wasn't. <laughs> so, yeah. I don't know. I, I still, he's not all the way there. But he's still more untrustworthy, I would say. But yeah, he's he's grown a lot already since fight with the Avengers days. Yeah. Yeah. The time was um, differently. <laughs> this one also had, at least to me, some awkward blocking and part of it was the fight. So like, the scenes around him getting thrown out of the train, like all of that yeah. seemed weird to me. And it seemed, it felt very forced. And I, I don't know, uh, just overall, this was not a good episode. Yeah. It's just frustrating. No, I agree. It's, it, it, it did seem like they were struggling with ideas for this particular episode and knew, knew where the ending was. They wanted, they wanted to drop that bombshell about all of the people involved in TVA as being variants and stuff, but they didn't quite know how they were going to how they were going to do it. And so I'm throwing some ideas together at a time to drag this episode out just to get her to be a bit more friendly, a bit more kind and, and for us to like her a bit more. And that was it. And to drop that 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 message in that 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 story point. Other than that. I didn't get any much from it at all. They they attempted to do some really Im, like um, immersive camera angling at the end where they tried to make it look like one scene, that final action when they're trying to get to the arc. But to me, the geography just got lost. I'm like, why are you running in that direction now? Why didn't you just keep going in that direction? That's where the arc is. Why did you stop and turn around why and stare at something? You? <laughs> yeah, and why are guards <laughs> that are really going to die? Why do they give a shit? They well, they should be in a bar drinking tequila or something right now. They shouldn't be. We're trying whatever. to get on the arc themselves. Yeah. yeah, and it was just the whole thing was like, okay. So we're now having this action thing, and you're playing with these wonderful camera angles and editing, but there's no purpose behind it. And then the fucking arc crashes anyway. Oh, spoiler alert people out there sorry <laughs> if you haven't seen it yet stop listening five minutes ago <laughs> yeah, they already, they already stopped listening when we started talking about yeah. so yeah i agree with you guys i don't think that was an impressive episode i don't think it's the worst i don't agree with you on that one Neil. i do think a couple of episodes of wandavision were more dull um but uh, yes i'm expecting better things on next wednesday Certainly, because there's only six episodes, right? Nick, forgive me, was it eight? Yeah, six, right? No, six. So we're, half, so we're, ha- we're halfway through halfway the season, point. which yep. I think is the other the other bad thing about this, right? We're at this point halfway through the season, and our midway point is thus far the weakest episode of the season. I have a yeah. prediction who's going to save them. Rupert E. Grant. 
I assume as really? people have been assuming he's playing old Loki. Yeah. Because he looks a lot like Tom Hiddleston. So I think okay. old Loki will save them, not somewhat TVA. And I think old Loki might be one of the villains, if not behind the TVA. Okay. Um, I'll I'll launch into one more complaint about this, and I probably shouldn't. The thing that some people were very excited about where um, they have made Loki canonically LGBTQ plus. The thing that bothers me about it was that it seems very, um, it has no purpose in the plot. And we have existed with this Loki for about a decade at this point, and it's never come up anywhere. And it just seems like corporate representation rather than this is who this character is. Um, and this is something that has been, at least in my opinion, particularly problematic for Disney, where we've seen headlines over the years from the first gay everything Disney from, character, the first gay Disney exactly. Character, the first gay so Disney from character. like um, Beauty and the Beast to The Force Awakens to this, um, and so I think with this one they qualified as the first major. It's like, get the, come on, if it's just lip service and he's just saying that that's it's kind of like given that we've existed not- with this character for some. Hmm? Yeah, no, sorry, Jonesy, carry on, finish your point, sorry. Yeah, it, it just seems crazy that given that we've existed with this character for so long and gotten no inkling either way of, of who he is romantically or anything like that, it just fits Disney's uh, corporate representation model, which I don't particularly care for, but that's it. See, when, when that scene came up and he, and he said what he said, I, I actually got an opposing view to that. I don't disagree with what you're saying, but I do think of all the characters that are in the universes that we've watched, whether it's Star Wars and Marvel, anything that Disney has its hands on now. I think, personally, I think this character, Loki, is the one that I I, I bought him being um, gender fluid completely more than any other character. So I think the other ones that you were mentioning before, I think they were, like, forced because they didn't need to be gay or straight or anything. It could have been just, just let it go. You didn't need to address it. So you're right. I think there was a bit of a... Uh, a, a specific push from Disney to have the first gay this or whatever, but this character I completely buy it. I think this is I think it's great because who else that we know of could be like that other than the god of mischief? I don't. You know, if you guys have ever watched Lucifer on on Netflix or or aware of it, mm-hmm. he clearly plays that perfectly, as in he likes anything and everything, and that's to tail. me that Loki, yeah that's that, yeah that's Loki as well. So it fits perfectly for me. I made, I just thought, yeah, that makes sense. I wasn't, I didn't think of it any deeper than that. I actually thought, yeah, that makes sense. I, I don't disagree with you at all. I actually, I think that you're right, that it does fit his character more than almost anybody else. And I, I think from a narrative point of view, I, I think my argument is really show, don't tell. Right. Yeah, okay, fair I did find yeah. it. Um, Kyle disagrees, but I found, we do our other Marvel show. I, but I, uh, I thought they did it well. Just quick, short, didn't dwell on it. Almost uh, off the hand, doesn't really yeah, matter. Sure. Like, there must have been a lot of princesses and princes. Like, well, I'm uh, sure, yes, and I'm sure for, for you as well. <laughs> so again, my argument is having been with this character for 10 years um, and never seeing either one, it just seems like a check the block, kind of like, yep, mm-hmm. got it, done. And then Disney gets to launch into a headline about it. it's our first major LGBTQ character. And it's like, you will never see any results of this. It doesn't matter. Yeah. And then Warner Brothers, at least the CW is like, hold my six pack of beer. There are so many bi and gay characters, especially in Legends of Tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. I agree. 
So, yeah, that's I mean, that's even it. like that's uh, <laughs> they even did it in the movies. They made uh, Black Mask. I guess they'd ever say it explicitly in that you you know him and Zaz are getting it on. So yeah, that's my that's my complaint. That's my soapbox. I'll get down. But fair complaint. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, we've seen him for 11 years. It's never been. Yeah. But it's nice I don't know. We've also never seen him. You know, Thor's. But we haven't know, seen anybody time. else really. Well, I suppose we have. No, I'll yeah, we have. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, we have. Yeah. Almost everybody. But no one going yeah. down. And Marvel does that off camera. <laughs> Just politely doesn't talk about it. <laughs> it's a bit difficult when you're wearing an iron suit. Well, he, he is very sedient. He's sedient. I'm not a hero. I'm not a hero. So yeah, it fits. True. It fits. <laughs> I did tweet that uh Sun's going down, big guy, and so are you. <laughs> um <laughs> I did tweet that it wouldn't be comfortable wearing the cowl. And then <laughs> and then uh, Jace on our site tweeted, How would you know? Like ins- insinuating I've never done it. But my response was well, I've smoked a cigarette in the Batman mask, and it was almost impossible. Oh. So I thought you were going to say I've had many a long Halloween. Normal. Oh no! <laughs> I've had many a long Halloween, buddy. Don't you worry about it. Speaking of which, guess we review a movie. Yeah. Well, I'm I'm, I'm ready to. You're going to go non-spoiler. Remember, you just your Twitter review only. Tell what? spoilers. I'm just going to hang up instantly. Did I agree to that? Yes, you did. Yes, you did. And it's recorded. So, yes, you did. <laughs> I can't go back and listen to it. <sighs> it's my birthday. Don't ruin it. I've got 45 minutes left of it. Don't ruin it, Jonesy. I'm going to hang up. All right. Tell me what you guys think. And then you can spoiler away as much as you like. Is that okay? All right. Here we go. Batman. <laughs> the Long Halloween. Part one. I can't really be a lawyer and a criminal, can I? I want to win. But do I want to win like this? I'm of two minds here. So it's a coin flip. Johnny Vitti was murdered tonight. Falcone crime family has to be taken down. There's only room for one homicidal maniac in this town. Why are you running? You could use a little fun. I thought you didn't hurt people! You thought wrong. So, Batman Long Halloween Part 1 has an 8 out of 10 on um, IMDb and a 100% on Rotten Tomatoes. And so the synopsis is as follows. During the holidays, a brutal series of murders strike fear into the city of Gotham. Batman sets out to pursue the serial killer with the support of police officer James Gordon and district attorney Harvey Dent. So that's what we got. It's a super short thing. Uh, This stars uh, Jensen Ackles as Batman slash Bruce Wayne. Naya Rivera, rest in peace, as Catwoman. Josh Duhamel as Harvey Dent. Good choice. And of course, you get Jack Quay as Alberto Falcone. Good choice there, too. Josh Duhamel? Yeah. I mean, Batman sounds great too, but Josh Duhamel as Harvey Dent, I think it's a solid choice. So I actually, it's funny, I actually have a difference of opinion about that. Um, So my Twitter review or my non, I'll give a non-spoiler review. My non-spoiler review of this is I enjoyed it. (laughs) 
My interest waned towards the end, no pun intended. Um, ah. But I thought that the action was solid. And I think for me, the, the only weak part about it was some of the interaction between the characters, because I think that Harden Dent at this point sounded too much like Bruce Wayne. Like he, he came off as though he was already Two-Face. And I didn't care for that. Um, I think given that this evokes so much of Batman animated series, the way that they portrayed Harvey Dent in the beginning, he was almost like Bruce Wayne. Like his voice is very high and like happy. And like, but he also had that other side where he, his voice was just dropping. Um, I forgot, was it Big Harv? Yeah, and Batman animated series, his alternate personality is called Big Harv. And I like the way that they were able to distinguish between the two. And so Josh Demel doesn't have anywhere to go when he becomes Two-Face mm-hmm. eventually. So that's my, that's my criticism. Okay. I enjoyed it quite a bit. I'll allow that. I'm still here. Long Halloween. Twitter. No spoilers. It's one of my favorite books. um, So I enjoyed this quite a bit. Um, One of my favorite, I think, Batman animated ones they've done far. I mean, obviously this is one, but it reminds me of Dark Knight Returns, which felt even, I have read the book in a few years. So again, kind of like we said earlier, I don't even remember which parts. Some parts I'm like, yeah, that's straight from the book. Other scenes I'm like, did they add this? It works with the overall theme of the episode, but was this added? I can't remember. But I think it does a pretty good job. I will say it's not a spoiler. There early on there are some weird cuts where suddenly it's the next holiday. But then you get we're like yeah. you're like, wait, wait, did we just jump to the next holiday or did something just happen? That's that's all I'll say. Spoiler. Yeah, I agree with that as well. They could have done a better good job of um letting you know when but when it you was. get used to the first cut, then you're used to it always, I yeah. would say. Yeah, I agree. Um Danny, what you gonna do? You're gonna pop off now? I'm gonna I'm gonna pop off now because I really actually I really want to see this show without any spoilers. I've not managed to watch it yet. So, dear listener, unfortunately, where I am, it's not been available as far yet. So, I'm gonna say goodbye now. Bid ye good gentlemen farewell, and so you can continue to talk about this, so I can watch it completely unhindered. So, thanks, guys. Thanks, everybody, and I will see you next week. Enjoy the rest of your birthday. So, I. God, thank it's God he's gone. Joke every time oh, oh man. <laughs> um, I, I did enjoy this overall. Um, I thought that the fight scenes were a lot of fun. Uh, I, I do wish that we had seen a little bit more Bruce Wayne. But again, this is, to the best of my recollection, pretty accurate to the comic book. Mm-hmm. Um, I do, I, again, I do wish that Josh Jamal, I do think that his voice is good, right? I do think that when he becomes Two-Face, that's the voice, but that's fine. Mm-hmm. But I, at least in my opinion, he would, I would want him to have somewhere to go. And I say that without having seen part two, which is when he probably will, I mean, certainly make that transformation from yeah. one to the other. So, yeah. What do you think? I don't know what time is. I thought they did a really good job with, um, I was watching it and I'm like, it's fucking obvious who the killer is. I've read the even if I hadn't read the comic, I was like, it's feeling pretty obvious. And then they threw in the perfect yeah. red herring. I was like, yeah, he worked really well in the comics, Alberto or whatever, in the same role. And like, and it because yeah, if you're watching it, just knowing filmmaking, we're like everyone's important. Like they haven't said it yet, but he's at least gotta be a suspect. And when they like they bring right. the whole puzzle moment together, and Batman's like, I gotta go. <laughs> no, I guess he has to go when the Joker's out. But uh Actually, I love that scene where he confronts Albert. So we're doing spoilers now, right? Yeah. We were I love the scene when he confronts Alberto 
because Catwoman's like Bruce and he's like Bruce Wayne I'm like oh fuck he's he has discovered that he is Batman slash Bruce Wayne how are they going to deal with this oh we're going to shoot him oh he's going to fall off the boat oh he's going to get chopped to pieces by the the I think they have a line that he was chopped to pieces in the book they're like draw it (laughs) that's what happens that's what you get for finding out Batman's secret identity (laughs) it's just so brutal yeah it is over the top, but I do think there's a line in the graphic novel that is chopped apart by a yeah. blades. His little puzzle book floats to the crossword puzzles float to the top. Yeah, man, that's crazy. Um, I what did you think of the Joker? Because I, it's crazy to me that Troy Baker has done such a good job of basically just imitating Mark Hamill. Yeah, as the Joker. The laugh. Yeah, the voice is close. The laugh is perfect. Yeah. Oh, I enjoyed yeah. it. I'm still bummed at the art direction. I mean, I was actually shocked how much it looked like Bruce Timms, as you were saying that. Um, but I still want the longer ears. And it was it was cool during the opening crest they show all the original yeah. drawings. But I think they always cut off Batman. They never show the ears, I don't think, in the opening either. Mm. Like his head's always cut off. Or don't look at these. But yeah. it does like Tim say, yeah, like uh Dark Knight Returns was made to look as much like Frank Miller's style right. as possible. And this feels more like a style they could use across all the films. So the Joker, Joker looks a lot like the comic, I felt, where he's more spindly. He's almost Jack Skeleton-esque when he's doing the, the Christmas thing. I think I know why they did that, though. And here's here's my best guess. I agree with you that the long Halloween is super stylistic. Um, probably could have been translated to this medium and been fine. I think this art style is meant to be more in line with the last two movies that came out. So you've got Superman, Man of Tomorrow and Justice Society, World War II. And I think that at some point we're going to get all of these people together. So, so this is the newest this continuity with the current animated films. Unlike ah, uh, yeah. Dark Knight Returns was its own thing. It wasn't. Yes. And that's why I think they did that with Dark Knight Returns. It's like, we're going to make this look as faithful to it because it's going to exist in its own pocket universe. And I think that this is meant to exist in the same universe as those yeah. other two movies. And it works. Like, they don't eliminate any important characters like right. in the first Batman animated film like this. If anything, this one introduces you to, like, all the villains because this is, like, his year two. Right. That's always how I think of it. That's why at first there was one line that caught me off guard where... He's like, I, uh, now Batman has to be a detective or something like that. Oh, I got to think. I got to do work. And then I was like, oh, at first I was like, Batman is the world's great. Oh, this is like year two where he's still right. figuring shit. Like he, he's never had to be a detective. He's just had to beat up criminals. Which is the other reason why I think that this is meant to be this universe, uh, the same universe as, you know, Man of Tomorrow, because you get to see Superman becoming Superman. Um, and even if you look at the art style, the black lines around the characters, um, very similar. So you could take all of these people. Just if you have you seen the other two? No. Um, well, you can talk I, about them all you want. Okay. Um, so the weird thing is, I kept forgetting about them, and I think it's pandemic brain that has caused it. But I know what. I the remember characters you said that like. we should have covered Map tomorrow, but it was like months after it had come out. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just it just completely I duffed it. Um, but you can take all of those characters from all of all three of these and put them in the same room and they will look fine. And whoa, would you look at that? They're doing a Batman, Superman, and Wonder Woman in their own movies first before bringing them together. So weird. Which live action DC had thought of that. So weird. So weird how that kind of works. It does work. Um, 
Long Halloween's just a great story to start with for Batman. It's, yeah, I think a lot so of it's too. from the Dark Knight. Like I've I've discussed my favorite scenes many times, and they nailed it in this, which is the three men on a rooftop. Right. <laughs> Dent even said the way I usually sum up the the scene to a point was like, have they read what I wrote somewhere in the internet? Because I write this all the fucking time. Because <laughs> he, he lays out he says this. Because <clears throat> what I love about this and the Dark Knight is it's three men who make a promise on a rooftop that no matter what happens, they'll take down the mob. Yeah. Um, and it ends up destroying most of them. Just like, in, I mean, Batman. No, Dark Knight. Dark Knight. The Dark Knight. <laughs> um, yeah, I agree with you. I, I do think that scene worked and I liked it. Um, I also enjoyed getting to see uh, Alfred. So very little Alfred throughout the course of this, but it was fun watching him disappear on Bruce Wayne the way yes. Bruce Wayne disappears on people. And then him say, you know, the line, I hate when he does that. I think um, that joke's getting old. It's like in every live action version. It is. I mean, every uh, live action and animated version we've gotten recently always has. This was a way to night. make it new. This is a way yeah, to make that, it new-ish. And um, then also when Batman takes off and then he's turning around to tell Dent that he always does that. And yeah, like he get used to it Dent's gone. <laughs> God damn it. So I, I think that it says, listened to I want a roof talking to myself. <laughs> I, I I like, I do think you're right. I do think getting to see it every time is like, ah, here we go again. But at least this time, it's it. they took an old thing and they did it two times. And it was like, ah, this is, this works. I like this. Um, I mean, even Zack Snyder's Justice League, I guess. Yeah. The Flash is like still there. And he's like, I can't remember what he says, but he says something. He's like, oh, that's rude. Yeah, um, and then he just takes off. Yeah. Super speed. Um, This makes me wonder what the next movie is going to be. Obviously, not Long Halloween Part 2, but to your point about giving all these characters their individual movies, um, I wonder, are we about to get a Justice League film? You think, yeah, I, was, I don't know if you need to do that many. Like not Like, not all of them. I, so at this point, we've got Superman, Batman, Flash, next? and Wonder Woman. Yeah, Based that's on big screen popularity, you do him next, or you uh, do a good Green Lantern anime. Yeah. Gets people on board with that before the live action eventually comes out. Which I think is a live action HBO Max show, I believe. But they've already cast Guy Gardner in the first group. Yeah. Um, so now, now that we're talking about this, I'm going to look and see if anybody has... If they've announced any of it, I know one of Warner Brothers' next animated films that will interest one of our friends of the show slash old hosts. Oh, Mortal. They've announced another Mortal Kombat animated. What is it? I don't know what it's called, but it's uh, it's one of their you know WAG or whatever you know, Warner Brothers Asian mm-hmm. group. It's, it's Mortal Kombat something. I think it comes out after Batman Long Halloween. The studio's next, but not DC. So this timeline is called the rebirth timeline the superman man of tomorrow justice league society world war ii and uh batman the long halloween and as far as i can tell there's not a new there's not been a new film announced so even though long halloween is far from being a rebirth story rebirth is what they called it after flash flash pointed almost a second time and I don't remember how it worked. The New 52 ended Rebirth's what they called the next group. Are you talking about the cartoons? In the comics. In the comics. Oh, okay. Yeah. Rebirth was after New 52. And most of the stories right. we saw in the last group were New 52. Right. And again, yes. just like the re- the New 52 books, spoiler alert for Apocalypse War, if you haven't seen that for some reason, <laughs> but he basically does another flashpoint and resets it again because 
everyone's fucked. Right. They, they win the apocalypse war, but like half of them are like half machine. Like Superman's permanently has no powers, and it's just Constantine's like, yeah, everything's knackered. You know, Flash, do your fucking thing. Yeah, I'm really curious. Do you need to go to? I, I want to know what's next. I really want to know. Um, I don't think you necessarily have to do an Aquaman movie to do it. Like it could just as easily be about uh, some sort of conflict or something that happens with Atlantis. And then that's how you introduce Aquaman. I feel like that that's how you would either do it. So I, I do think you're right. Pick one of the two of them, Green Lantern or um, Aquaman. And then the next film will be about meeting that other character and their crisis, their issue will be the main focus, if that makes sense. And then you do a Legion. Yeah. Which is technically Justice League, but more from- Yeah. I think this week I'm going to try to watch- uh, Superman, Man Tomorrow, and uh, Justice Society. Is it on HBO Max? I don't know. Though. That would be that'd be nice. So Superman should be because it came out in August. It's almost a year ago at this point. I would think it's there. I mean, but they also rotate their Z content. So they have everything. Yeah. Um, I oddly enough, I don't have a ton to say about this movie. I do think that it is. Um, I I think it's good. And I, I would recommend it to anybody who's a fan of Batman animated series or who liked, I think, if you liked Superman, Man of Tomorrow, or Justice Society, you would probably like this. Um, I would not recommend it as your first Batman thing ever for some reason you've never, because they assume what? a lot with the Selena and Catwoman relationship that you don't see on screen. That is true. I agree with that. I feel like a lot of that's what got cut. And I feel like they added some Joker, but then again, Joker does show up at Christmas and New Year. But I feel like the Joker stuff was with Batman was longer. Right. Obviously he's the Joker. I have one more complaint. It's weird. I feel like all my complaints about this movie are about Harvey Dent. They did a little bit too much uh, foreshadowing of him becoming Two-Face and it got a new heads or whatever. Yeah, so like at one point, so you got the two heads, you've got I'm only one man. Um, you've got the scene where he's caught in the explosion. So you think, oh, like, is this the moment? Like, I didn't think there was a moment. Like, I know what the moment is, but yeah. they they led with it too much. Um, and that was just, the weird cut for me. It was the explosion to Thanksgiving. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, so he's still in the hospital a month later. <laughs> yeah. But that's how the comic works too. Each... It, it does take place on the holiday, like not the week of. Or right. I remember all that stuff happening that early. I also don't remember Gilda Dent being so, uh, I thought they got along for the first few times they went out with the Gordons. I don't remember them having that much struggle this early in a long book. Right. But they had to take away some, well, obviously they had to take away some of Gordon and Dent's time at home, like with their family in order to make the story. Work, yeah. To fit in the Batman. Yeah. So yeah, I, overall, I, I really enjoyed it. Definite recommend. Agreed. We uh, yeah. are we gonna do Dark Victory eventually? Are we gonna get a Robinson? I would love if they did Dark Victory. It's definitely the definitive way to do the Robin story. Yeah, I agree. Be Batman's next solo. Let's do Dark Victory. That would be fun. I'm I'm looking forward to it, and I don't think we've ever gotten that story. Honestly, the movie I think that does it closest is Batman Forever. <laughs> um, yeah, you're probably right. This is there's a two part animated episode. Uh, from the animated series, I think it's called Robin's Reckoning, yeah. where they tell the storyline and you you get a flashback to this stuff, which is pretty good, or to Dark Victory type stuff, which is good. Man, I need to go watch that episode again. That's maybe we want to watch original Yeah. yeah. And then I, I learned something cool, DC, this week. I don't know if I'm going to get it, but they're doing a Harley Quinn comic from the, con- from the TV show continuity. Yeah, so you tweet about that. Three. 
I, I probably won't actually buy it and read it because half the fun of it is the voices, not necessarily just the jokes. Like, I guess head. I'll hear Bane in my head really yeah. easily when I'm reading it. Yeah. But like, I don't know. Some, half the fun is the performances themselves. Like <laughs> Maloney as a, Christopher Maloney as Gordon is one of my favorite things of all time that DC's yeah. done. It's like, I'm a damn good cop. <laughs> it's a great show. It's a great show. Um, yeah, I also I, almost bought, but I didn't. Amazon has season one of the continuation of Batman, the animated series comic book, which I'm also kind of interested in. It's in that continuity, like the way they do fire fi- or firefly seasons and Buffy seasons. Yeah, It's drawn like it, and it's written to like be like the fourth season. Okay. Which I okay. thought was smart when they announced it, because I'm like, yeah, don't go back as a TV show. Everyone will hate it, because I can't live up to it. But a comic yeah. book can be like either way, and it doesn't affect the original product. I really want a Batman Beyond um, where they do it properly, like straight continuity from the comic or from the cartoon. That's what I want to see. I hope uh, I get that in a movie form. I still, and that's why we're getting Yeah, fingers crossed. But I mean, it, it would be a great way to branch off from this and do something relatively different. So, well, yeah, yeah. I'm surprised I don't have more to say about Long Halloween. But I thought it, it stopped at a good place as far as I didn't know where they were going to break it until he discovers Alberto, this should be a suspect. And I'm like, okay, they'll end with his death that holiday. And I, yeah. I, I kind of want to see how much they actually use the other characters in the comic. Like if they'll shy away a little bit from Poison Ivy for Valentine's Day. Mm-hmm. Or the Riddler already has a tiny part for April. Right. That Poison Ivy seems like, it feels like a big part of the story. Even though it's just, again, one issue. It's a part I'm wondering about the most. Yeah, I think, it, I think they'll probably do it justice though. Yeah. Thus far, it's been pretty good. So I'm still looking forward to it. Same. I think it's out pretty quick, isn't it? Next month. Next month. Yeah, they released a trailer for part two before part one came out. Or even dropped. So weird. So yeah, so it was weird. weird. Like it should have been on this Blu-ray and then come out like this week. Yeah, I'm very confused, but yeah, whatever. Not too much of a good, can't have too much of a bad Everyone thing. knows the story. I guess he becomes Two-Face. So showing Two-Face in the second trailer. It's like, yeah, I guess if we were in a Harvey Dent story, we're headed there eventually. Yeah, concur. Very shut down. Yeah, shut it down, shut up. All right, cut the chain. So, dear listener, if you like what you heard, do all the socials. Like, rate, comment, sh- subscribe, share. Also, we've got a Discord, so log on there. Wish Danny happy birthday. Lastly, LRM Online has other great content on the website that you can consume, either podcast form or readings. Go check it out. Nick Dahl, working with I'm at Geeky Nick Dahl, and I also do Marvel Multiverse Mondays, Presents, Thor, no, Loki Thor's Days, which will soon have to find a new title since Marvel said fuck you. Did you say that last time? Didn't you say that last time? Yeah, I still have a name for it. Okay, okay. We, I'm not coming up with a new name until Loki's over, because I like Loki Thor's Days, but then we'll have to get a new name for the stupid Wednesday releases. No, I think stupid, just, just keep like it. Doing that. Just keep it. Just keep it. Marvel Multiverse Mondays and New Thursdays. That's right. That's right. I agree. And you can find me on Twitter at Sir Jonesius, contributing to the website, and of course, right here on Breaking Geek Radio Podcast. Folks, as always, thanks for listening, and we'll catch you on the next one. Hasta la Mission accomplished. <laughs> it's pretty good. It's pretty good. Thanks. Happy birthday, Danny. I'm sorry. That was Nick. That was Nick. <laughs>
Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You too could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner.